Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're looking at Obadiah and his message of hope for those ravaged by war. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining me as usual. Uh, We are in uh, the book of Obadiah, as you well know by now, and we're going to try to uh, actually, in the next two days, uh, finish this small book in the Old Testament. Uh, We're in verse number uh, 11, so uh, actually verse number 10, if you'll look there in your own Bible, uh, where the Word of God says, "For, for thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Okay, so remember remember now, Obadiah is a prophet whom the Lord has specifically called to prophesy against the country of Edom. So if you look at a map and locate Israel, go to the east a bit to the Dead Sea and just go south of the Dead Sea. That, that, That stretch there, that's Edom. And so the Edomites are the descendants of Esau, And of course, Israel is another name for Jacob. Jacob and Esau were brothers. So these, these are, these are, their descendants are cousins. Uh, they, they ought to be getting along. They, uh, Edom ought to understand, uh, God's, uh, promise to, uh, to Israel. And yet it's been nothing but tension for all these many years. And uh, they have actually committed acts of tremendous violence against, uh, her, her brother, her sister, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, and they are going to be uh, called out for that violence in the verses that we're going to read today. So in verse number 10, thy violence refers to Edom's violence against God's people for thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Sometimes Israel's called Jacob. So for thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, thou shalt be cut off forever. So today, do we hear about the nation of Edom? Of course not. Matter of fact, for the last 2,000 years, we've not heard of the nation of Edom. Why? Because this prophecy was ultimately fulfilled. And that nation was cut off as a nation. Of course, we still talk about Israel today, and I've been there many times. Israel is thriving. Uh, But according to God's prophecy, the weaker nation at the time of this writing, was Israel. And yet she has survived and thrived because of God's blessing. Edom is the weaker, is the stronger nation uh, at the time of this writing. And yet Edom no longer exists. What a wonderful testimony to the veracity of God's word. Now, verse number 11. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces and foreigners entered into his gates, the gates of Israel, Jerusalem specifically, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou washed as one of them. So in other words, when ruin was taking place to the city of Jerusalem, when Jerusalem was being attacked, you stood by and did nothing. Now, I think that this is a specific reference to the attack upon Jerusalem during the reign of Jehoram, who was the son of good King Jehoshaphat. Remember, if you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 in your spare time, the Edomites had already 
formed a coalition with the Ammonites and the Moabites to attack Jehoshaphat in Jerusalem. They failed. That's a marvelous story. But then the next generation, Jehoram, who's the wicked son of Jehoshaphat, God allowed defeat to Jerusalem. And it came at the hands of the Philistines and the Arabians. And the Bible says that the Edomites just rejoiced in the fact that God's people were being destroyed. They, they rejoiced in the fact that God's people were being spoiled by the Philistines and by the Arabians. They stood by and did nothing to protect or defend God's people. Perhaps they were licking their wounds from a generation before. Boy, yeah, they're getting theirs. Uh, they defeated us, but boy, they're getting, they're getting it back on them now. We don't know what the motivation was, but it was wrong. They stood by and did nothing when God's people were being attacked. Now look at verse number 12. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldest thou have uh, rejoiced over the children of Israel, uh, Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. So not only did the Edomites do nothing to help Israel at her time of greatest need, kind of like that priest and that Levite that walked by on the other side of the road in the parable of the Good Samaritan. They did nothing. They saw, they looked, but they did nothing. That's what happened here with Edom. They saw, they looked, but they did nothing. But not only did they do nothing, the Bible says that they rejoiced. They looked proudly. They looked down on the destruction of Jerusalem. They rejoiced over the destruction of people whom they thought were their enemy. And that's the next level, isn't it? Sometimes in life, we, we, we see wrongdoing and we do nothing about it. We see something that's patently evil, but we don't speak against it. And then sometimes because it serves our sordid desires, uh, our desire for vengeance or, or whatever, we actually rejoice in it. So you see the digression of Edom here. They did nothing. Now they're rejoicing in the destruction of their enemy. Uh, look at verse number 13. Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate. Do you see how God is saying over and over by his prophet, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done this. Now, they should have known better, but God is saying, listen, you behaved in a way that is reprehensible, and I'm going to call your actions to task. So verse number 13, thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. So what did the Edomites do? Well, they did nothing at first, and then to add insult to injury, they rejoiced in the suffering of God's people, and then they took advantage of a vulnerable situation. So as the city was being ransacked, as looting was taking place, as the Arabians and Philistines were running roughshod over God's people, the Edomites just jumped right on in. They took advantage of disadvantaged people. They took advantage of people whom they could just uh, 
manipulate at a weakened place. That, that was a Jesus' greatest rebuke of the Pharisees, that they took advantage of people that were vulnerable, like the widows. Remember, uh, Jesus said, you devour widows' houses. You take advantage of them. Uh, the story of the widows' two might, uh, mites really is a story of the way that religion had taken advantage of uh, this woman. And so here are the Edomites that did nothing. Now they're rejoicing in the destruction of their enemy. Uh, they, but who were not their enemy. They were God's people. Uh, number three, uh, they were now taking advantage of a vulnerable situation. Look at verse number 14. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. Neither shouldest thou have de delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. So what, what's the kind of the, the final part of the degradation of the Edomites? Well, they did nothing. And then they rejoiced in the destruction of Jerusalem. And then they took part in the looting. They took advantage of the vulnerable people who had been defeated. And then the Bible says they stood in the crossway. So what happened during this battle in Jerusalem is people fled, as you, as you would, as I would. Uh, as the battle turned and as people just ran for their lives, and the Bible says the Edomites waited at these strategic junctures and they captured the people of Israel. And they either killed them or they gave them up as slaves to the Arabians and to the Philistines. Either way, they are just totally adding insult to injury here and taking advantage of the most disenfranchised people of all. I mean, just picking them off one by one. These people that are just trying to escape. Uh, what cruelty, what vengeance, uh, what, what a problem the Edomites had in their heart of hearts against God's people. And God said, I'm just not going to allow this to pass. Now, remember, all of what Obadiah is prophesying has already, he's prophesying about that which has already taken place. So the, the dirty deed has already been done. Uh, the violence, uh, the, the looting, uh, the imprisonment, the, the putting into slavery, all of that has already taken place. But when it happened for a season, it seemed as if the Edomites got away with it. For a season, it seemed as if uh, their looting paid off and their uh, jumping on, ganging up on the Israelites had paid off. And what God is saying through Obadiah is sin never pays. You should not have done this. That's why we see the recurrence of that, that verb, should not, should not, should not, you should not, you should not, you should not. But you did it, now you're going to reap the consequences. You know, I think the best way to deal with the should nots of our life is to pay attention to the should nots of other people. You know, once we've done it, it's too late. Sure, sure we can repent. Sure, we can get that second chance for the Lord. Certainly, we can amend our ways and respond to God's judgment calls. Of course we can. But how much better to humbly look at the way that God dealt with other people and how God preserved all of this in our in his word to show us that sin never pays. Even though for a short season, it looked as if, 
boy, they're getting away with it. We're getting one over on our enemy and we're benefiting from their, uh, their bad times. But in the end, this country exists no more because they played with God's word, disobeyed. They cursed God's people and ultimately they paid the ultimate price. So what's our takeaway? Our takeaway is let's learn. Uh, This book of the Bible is in here for us. God is comforting his own people saying, see that in the ravages of war, uh, I heard your cry. And in the ravages of war, I'm going to settle the score. So wonderful, God helped them. But how much more wonderful even today that God is helping us by warning us about our own behavior. So I hope that helps. We're going to do our best we can tomorrow to uh, finish the book. So I, I hope you'll join us. Hope you have a great day today, my friends. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.